We're going to get into the Word, and I know that He's going to speak to your heart. So let's all be seated. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity just to share the Word of God. And we are expecting you, Father, to speak to hearts by the Holy Spirit and to encourage each and every one in the name of Jesus. Amen? Well, I think we all know what's happening this week. It is Thanksgiving week. And whether you are enjoying a lavish meal with family and friends, whether you're the cooker or just the eater, you know, (laughs) we're all going to probably do that. Even if, yeah, we know what Pastor Mark is. Raise both hands and both feet. Or perhaps, you know, you have, don't have a big uh, event planned or a big meal planned. Maybe you got to go eat a turkey sandwich from Togo because your kitchen's in disarray or getting remodeled. Whatever the case may be, you know what? We should all find time to set aside time to be thankful. Thank, if you can't find anything else to be thankful for, be thankful for Jesus. Amen? Be thankful that you're on your way to heaven shouting the victory. But like anything in life, I can just tell you, almost guarantee you, that your holiday is not going to be perfect. Hopefully your turkey won't be too dry or it won't be like in that one movie they cooked it way too long and they hit hit it with the knife and it exploded and, I mean, it was so dry. Or the mashed potatoes, too runny, all of these things. But I I wanted to share this with you, kind of start out with something a little bit funny. That, you know, I like to think of myself as being a pretty good cook. But I, even I, the master chef, have experienced some major disasters in the, in the kitchen. One of them is in a form of a book called Making the Most of Your Meltdowns, where I melted tu- uh, a Tupperware full of chocolate chip cookies in my oven and destroyed the oven. But I was thinking about it as I was preparing for this message the very first time that I ever cooked a turkey. And I, it was when we were in Minnesota. We were pastoring, and it was kind of a traditional thing there that everybody got together on thank or not on Thanksgiving, but the Sunday before, and we had a meal after church. Well, I volunteered because I wanted to show everybody what an awesome pastor's wife I was and an awesome cook. I volunteered to cook the turkey. And I looked so good, and I thought I did a great job, but went to cut into that turkey, and there was these little brown pieces of paper and dark spots all over the meat. So when we got to the neck, oops. I left the bag of gizzards in there. And Pastor Tom, to quote Pastor Tom, it wasn't, ooh. Because you could see that something was wrong on the inside of that bird. So it was not a perfect bird, but people were gracious and, you know, ate around it or whatever. So what things happen sometimes at holiday season that you look back on later and you laugh about it. Just go ahead and make a memory. If things aren't perfect, and just go ahead and say, well, you know what? Let's just laugh and let's just enjoy the day anyway. Amen? Let's start this season with a heart that is thankful. 
full. And that would be the title of my message. I don't know. It just, I woke up one morning and it's like I almost saw these words come up in my heart. Thank and then hyphen full. So we today are going to talk about being full of thanks. It's a lot better way to live. It's a lot better way to live to look at the glass as half full than half empty. We're going to look at attitudes today and we're going to talk about how important it is to be full of thanksgiving. Anybody with me? So I, of course, I like to look up definitions. So I looked up the definition of thanks. To express gratitude for a favor. And then I like this one. To make acknowledgments to one for kindness bestowed. It should be a way of life for us to acknowledge people that have been a blessing in our life. A way of life just to have a attitude of thank you maybe to the clerk at the grocery store i was in line somewhere the other day it was safeway and people were starting to mumble and grumble and this sweet little lady she was doing her best people were leaving her line and going to the check stand next to her i got up to her and it was like her hands were almost shaking and she said please be patient with me it's my second day And I said to her, you're doing a great job. And under her mask, I could tell that she was smiling. And she thanked me for just encouraging her. It needs to be cultivated in our society to be grateful and to be thankful when people do something nice for us. And even if they're not being nice, sow some kindness. And you'll reap it back. Amen. So anyway, think about it like this. If you are a parent or a grandparent and you're, you give your kids something, you give your grandkids something, and maybe it's not that expensive thing, and they're just like, yay, this is so awesome. I always wanted one of these. And they have that attitude of gratitude. You know what you want to do? You want to give them more. You want to bless them more. I remember when Olivia, our oldest granddaughter, was just little, really little, and I don't remember what the toy was. Her mom had said, you know, that she wanted this, and they were at our house, and she opened it, big smile on her face. Thank you, Grammy. And then she said, What is it? She didn't have a clue what it was, but she was thankful for it, you know. And you know what that does to Grammy and Grandpa's heart, Papa's heart? What else do you want, honey? Let me bless you. Mothers and fathers, let me encourage you. This might be a song. Teach your sons and your daughters. Is that a song? Mothers and fathers, teach your sons and your daughters to be grateful. There is so much in our society right now that reflects unthankfulness. The Bible even talks about the ungeneration. Unholy, unthankful, just completely absorbed in me, myself, and I. I don't want to go there, but just think about the selfie craze. 
It's nuts how many people just, you know, a selfie of this, a selfie of that. I was just listening recently to a friend of mine. She was ministering somewhere. And she said, you know, I had a good time in the service, but it was unbelievable to me. It took me longer after the end of the service than to minister the word because of mostly young people lining up and wanting a selfie with me. Well, I mean, you know what? That's okay. But it's not always about me, myself, and I, and how many likes you might have on your selfie picture with somebody famous. It may not even be a cutout of them. And people are, oh, I have a selfie with this person. And you look closely and you go, uh, that's not really Pastor Mark. What in the world? You know, things that people do to get attention. Just like he's doing over there. If I, you know, the message is here. Let's not. It's about me today. No, not really. (laughs) It's about Jesus, okay? (laughs) I heard this statement recently, and I I love this. Of course, we're going to give you some scriptures here in a minute. This is all my introduction. Don't get nervous. This is a statement I heard recently. A selfless person can be content with very little. But a self-centered person cannot ever be satisfied. That's powerful. I'm going to read it again. A selfless person can be content with very little. But a self-centered person can never be satisfied. So today is a good opportunity for all of us to just refocus on Him and realize how thankful we are for Him. And if you're ever at a loss for words just to express your gratitude to Him, you can go and read the book of Psalms. The psalmist David, he was an expressive guy. I mean, really, God chose the children of Israel. He chose the Jewish people because they were all an expressive bunch. If they were in sorrow, it said they ripped their clothes and they welled. And if they were happy, they danced and they rejoiced. He likes for us to express our goodness, His goodness. And be thankful for it. So I'm going to look at quite a few scriptures today in the book of Psalms. We want to start with Psalms 95. And I'm going to read verse 2 and 3 out of the NIV. Let us come before him with what? Say it with me. Thanksgiving. And extol him with music and song. Verse 3. For the Lord is, great, is the great God, the great King above all gods. Start out by acknowledging He is great. He is the Most High God. He is my God. He is above all else. There is no God like our God. Get your praise on with some anointed music. It said, come into His presence with thanksgiving. Extol Him with music 
and with song. You know, we all uh, can sing unto the Lord. Of course, we should not all record. Maybe the best place for you to sing is in your shower. And you know, I don't have a singing voice in the natural, but I have a song in my heart. And I can't help but praise my Jesus. And there are some times when I'm just worshiping Him and out of my heart I might be in the kitchen or whatever just start singing what rolls up in my heart of how much I love Him and what He means to me and how happy I am that I am His and He is mine. And it doesn't matter if it's off tune. By the time it gets into His ears He's saying, oh look at that. Look at my little girl down there. Look at my child down there. She's so happy in me today. I love to hear that praise and that worship. Make it a way of life. And this phrase of worshiping the Lord, it starts with really who He is. Just think about who He is. Think about what He's done in our lives. Focus in on how good it is. Our Father is good. And He is good to all. Another verse in Psalms, Psalms 106, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is what? Good. For His mercy endures forever. Pastor led us in. Praise the Lord for He is good and His mercy endures forever. I'm just reading one passage but numerous times throughout the Psalms and in other places in the Bible this phrase is repeated. Praise the Lord for He is good and His mercy endureth forever. The psalmist David had experienced the goodness of the Lord. And he had also walked in the mercy of the Lord. He had messed up in his life. He had a guy killed, had committed adultery with his wife and then had him killed. I mean, that's a pretty serious thing. But God still showed him mercy. And so he would every once in a while, I'm sure, begin to think about it. And he just had to stop and lift up his hands and say, Oh, thank you, Lord, for you are good. And thank you for your mercy that endures forever. Over in the book of Lamentations, I think it's chapter 3, it says, Thank God for his mercies. They are new every morning. So matter, no matter if you have messed up, don't run from God. Run to God. Don't be afraid to confess your sins. He's faithful and He's just to forgive us of all of our slip-ups, all of our failures, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And He's just waiting with open arms and saying, Come on back. 
Come on back. Don't get a wrong picture of me. Don't think that I'm a bad father. Don't think that I'm going to beat you up or I'm going to reject you. No, he stands with open arms. Why? Because he is good all the time. And all the time, he is good. And there is no end to his mercy. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Do you have anything to bless and thank the Lord for? I know how crazy the world is right now. But I also know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I know that Jesus said over in John chapter 17, he said this. He said, Lord, he said, Father, I pray for them. Who? He's praying for us. And he said, I pray. This is in John 17. I didn't uh, give them that scripture, but you can look at it later. I want to read it to you, actually. In John chapter 17. If you ever think nobody cares and nobody's praying for you, read John chapter 17. Jesus prayed for us, his children, his beloved And he still is. The Bible says he ever liveth to make intercession for us. So if you ever feel alone and like nobody cares and nobody's praying for you, Jesus is. Hallelujah. And he said this. He said as he was talking to his father in John 17, let's see, verse 15. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should Keep them from the evil one. And then he goes on. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. That came up in my heart right then just because of this fact. The world is crazy. But remember, you are in the world, but you are not of the world. And Jesus himself said, Father, I pray pray that you would keep them from the evil that is in the world. That's good news. We're kept. Why are we kept? Because he's good. Because he's faithful. Because he's loving. And because he's merciful. That's something for us to be thankful for. We are kept from evil. Woo! Hallelujah. Now I know that some people will say, well, I still, it's just hard for me to think about anything good to be grateful for. There's so many areas in my life right now that I could use a little more heaven in and a lot less hell. Yeah, I said hell in church. I heard somebody say this before. When you're going through hell, don't stop. It's temporary. Keep on moving. When it looks like you're surrounded on every side by the enemy and his lies are bombarding your mind, that's a perfect opportunity to come to the Father's table. We're getting ready to partake 
on Thanksgiving of some good food. I'm sure you are too. And just think of it like this. When you see that beautiful table spread with food, the Father has a table. Over in Psalms 23, it's another good psalm to read. If you're ever feeling discouraged, read Psalm 23. But today I want to highlight verse 5 in the message. And it says this, You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with Blessings. Woo-hoo-hoo. Talk about spiritual nourishment. Come to the Father's table. There's a platter of peace right there for you if you've been tempted to be anxious. There's a loaf of healing bread if sickness and disease has tried to attack your body. There's a dish of goodness and mercy that's following you all the days of your life. And there is a bowl of blessings. woo And probably one of my favorite, there's a joy of, there's a jug of joy. A jug of joy. So take a big drink. Come and dine, the master calleth. Come and dine. Woo! He's prepared a table before us. We're right in the presence of our enemies. Lord, why would you do that? Because he wants you and he wants the devil to know that he cannot stop you from feasting on the goodness of God. No matter what's going on around you, no matter what's happening in the world, you can still boldly come and dine at the Father's table. Glory be to God. And don't look, don't turn around and give the devil any attention. He doesn't have any chair at the Father's table. He's trying to get you to get up from your place and your position of victory and authority and go over here. Oh, oh, devil, what did you say? What was that? Oh, that lie? No, stay in your chair. Woo! Seated at the Father's table. Glory be to God. And stop dwelling on what you don't have. Stop dwelling on what's not right in your life at the moment. Things may not be exactly where you want them to be. Things maybe haven't turned out the way that you planned. But there's something about holding steady. And saying, I'm not going to look at that. I'm going to keep my focus on Jesus. I may not be living in a mansion but I have an apartment. I may not be driving a Mercedes, but I have a Volkswagen. Those are expensive now anyway. I may not be eating steak or prime rib, but I've got hamburger and chicken. And for my friends back here, Al and Eva, I've got spam. Hallelujah. Whatever makes you happy. They gave me a can of spam for my birthday. Because one time I said I didn't like it. But you know what? It's still in my cabinet and I'm thankful for spam. 
If I ever run out of hamburger, steak, chicken, it's kind of on the bottom of the list, but if I have to, I will eat spam. (laughs) Sorry, guys, for that distraction. You may not have a loving mate right now, but you have a loyal dog. So be thankful. Find something to be thankful about. And don't focus in on what you don't have. Focus in on what you do have and who you have. You have Jesus. Woohoo! You have the Prince of Peace. You have joy that the world didn't give you and the world can't take it away. Woohoo! Oh, let's give him some praise. Jesus, we're thankful for you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And this came up yesterday as I was praying. Don't wait for perfect conditions to be thankful. Don't wait till you have an abundance in your checking account to be generous. Start right now. And I heard this in my spirit yesterday. When you have an open heart, it always leads to an open hand. When you have a thankful heart, it always shows up as being generous. And every time I share things about generous, I'm taken back so many times to my childhood. And I'm thankful for the way that I was brought up. Most of you know my story, but I grew up on a farm in Pawnee, Oklahoma. The population of that town today is still only about 3,000. But anyway, we lived seven miles out in the country. We didn't have a lot of natural things. When I go back now, well, now my baby brother lives on the farm, and he tore the old farmhouse down. But when we'd go back and look at that, I'd be like, whoa, that's a little house. For five kids, Pastor Nancy saw it and was like, whoa. But it never was just my parents and five kids. We always had people over eating with us. It was a big deal. Open doors, come and eat, whoever wants to. But my parents never had this attitude. Well, the house isn't clean, which it seldom was with five kids. The house may not be clean. We may not have this or have that. But oftentimes, people and family and friends would show up at mealtime. And whether it was a platter of fried chicken, which I'll make myself hungry, or a pot of beans and cornbread, which I like to this day, good stuff, my dad would always say this. I can see him today saying it. He had the biggest heart. He had big hands too, but he had the biggest heart, him and my mom. And he would say this, well, it might not be much, but such as we have, you're welcome to it. And that ought to be our attitude. Don't wait till it's just overflowing in everything in your life. You'll never get to the overflow if you don't start giving right where you're at today. Start where you're at, and Jesus will multiply it. Amen? So how 
How do we come into the Lord's presence and start out being thankful? Well, again, one of the quickest ways to open up our communication with the Lord. And one of the best ways is really found in Psalms 100, verse 4. It's the proper protocol for entering His presence. And that's how I grew up. That's how I saw my parents live their life. Always thanking the Lord for everything that He did in our lives. Always thanking Him for providing for our family. In this verse, in Psalms 100, verse 4, it says, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him, and bless His name. Verse, that same verse in the message says, Enter with the password. Thank you. Make yourself at home. Talking praise. Thank Him. Worship Him. Hallelujah. I love that. Enter the password of thank you. Pastor Mark just finished a wonderful series on faith in the power. And for a couple of weeks, he talked about the power in our words. If you didn't listen to those messages, listen to them. If you've heard them, go back and listen again. There is power in speaking faith-filled words. They dominate the law of sin and death. And there is power in speaking words of gratitude and thanksgiving. Enter the password. Thank you, Lord. Of course, He wants us to talk to Him about everything going on in our lives and, and lay out our needs before Him. But don't forget to say thank you. That's a good way just to begin your conversation with the Lord. Enter in by not just laying out your grocery list before Him. Enter in by saying, Thank you, Most High God. Thank you. You are my Redeemer. Thank you. You're the one that has redeemed my life from destruction. Woo! Grateful and thankful. Some people might say, but you just don't know how really bad it is in my situation right now. I don't have anything to be thankful for. And we understand. We go through those times. And we do have a, we have a heart of love and compassion. And we want you to let us know so we can come alongside you in those seasons but also, we love you too much not to tell you the truth and not to share with you some of the principles that will get you through that season. And one principle that will help you is found in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. This is in the New King James. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You will notice that it is not a suggestion. This is a command. 
God is not on an eagle trip. He doesn't need you to run into his presence. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. He's not looking for robots, but he is trying to help us get through those tough times in our life. Notice he did not say, give me thanks when everything's going great. Give me thanks when you feel like it. Give me thanks when your mate is extra loving. The kids are being helpful and the dog is even obeying. No. He said, let's read it actually in verse, the same verse out of the Passion. He said, in everything. In this verse translation it says, and in the midst, I like that, in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks For this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. Note here, there's a big word here. And it is in, not for. We don't thank Him for the bad things that may be happening in our life. He did not send them. But even in the midst of them, we can still lift up our hands in everything. And say, God... I don't understand what's going on right now, but in this situation, I'm going to still bless your name. In this season, I'm going to still give you glory. In this time of testing, I'm still going to worship you. Why? Because we have faith and we have trust in Him that He's going to carry us through. When we worship Him in everything then he comes along and he carries us through everything glory be to God that's good news for somebody I think we ought to rejoice in that fact and notice the last phrase of that in the New King James for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus when we are thankful in everything we are in the perfect will of God. You want to be in the perfect will of God? Give Him some praise. Give Him some glory. Hallelujah. And what does it do? It positions you for more, more blessing, more increase. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Enter the password of thank you. And that puts us in position where He's like, okay, Here comes the blessing now. I'm going to take this sacrifice of praise. And yes, sometimes it is a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. But when we give him little, he makes it much. Just think about what he did, the Lord Jesus, on that day when they needed to feed the, what was it, 5,000 people. And all that was there was two little fishes, two little sardines maybe, and five loaves of fishes. But what did Jesus tell his disciples? Bring it to me. And when they brought it to him, the Bible says he gave thanks. And when Jesus put into principle what we're talking about today... When he looked up to his father and he said, Father, this is all we have today, but we're giving you thanks for it. And then what happened? 
Woo! A miracle and multiplication. You might say, I only have a little bit in my checking account. I only have a little bitty apartment or whatever. Give him thanks and expect the God of the much, much more to show up. Glory to God and to break out in every area of your life. When we are full of thanks, guess what? Fullness shows up in our lives. Why did Jesus come? John 10, 10 in the Amplified. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. Look at this part. To the full. Till it overflows. We're talking about thank full. So I looked up these definitions of full. And one of them was this. Enjoying all authorized rights and privileges. Such as full membership. <laughs> you and I have full membership in the kingdom of God. And all that heaven has is at our disposal. Glory to God. And then another what definition was satisfied. And then I liked this one a lot. It's, it used it in context and it said, he lived a full life. Woo! He lived a full life. Yesterday there was a memorial service here and I'm sorry if some of you didn't know, but our precious brother Bert Montoya went home to be with the Lord at age 85. And yesterday, wow, his son, his daughter, and then he's got two grandsons that are in the ministry. And Pastor and I were just amazed. We were like, he lived a full life. And now he leaves a legacy. That's a blessing to live a full, satisfied life. Amen. I'm looking at Mom LASIK. Her beloved husband. Oh man, we loved him so much. He lived a full life. He was satisfied. And he went home to be with the Lord. That's what all of us should be aiming at. Not just to, to lead this life and barely getting along. No, we can tap in to fullness here, right now. In John chapter 1, verse 16, y'all still hanging with me here? Okay. Out of the passion of and from the overflow of his fullness, we received what? Grace heaped upon more grace. I love that. And out of his fullness, we are what? We're full. Woo! He's because of all that he has given us, his fullness, then we can have a full, rich, satisfied life. Glory be to God. Fullness, it says, of grace heaped upon grace. But it's not just grace. He has given us an abundance of life, an abundance of peace, an abundance of joy. Woo! Glory to God, an abundance of grace, an abundance of His goodness. 
Now, as we wind down here, Pastor already shared, and it was so beautiful. And so, it was just so well done. Thank you, Jane. Pastor worked on that with her. The joy of generosity comes out of an abundant life. Not necessarily an overflow and abundance of resources, but the heart that is open to share and to give what we do have. Generosity is a core value of our church. And I love our title, The Joy of Generosity. When we're thankful for what we have and we start looking for ways to be generous, whether it's of our time, our talent, or our treasure, we're going to tap into a joy that you're not going to find any other way. Another passage in Psalms, Psalms 107, verse 22, out of the NIV. A thankful person is also a joyful person. Let them sacrifice, thank offerings, and tell of his works with songs of joy. Woohoo! Let them offer sacrifices of thank offerings. I looked it up in the Bible. There's many times that it referenced a thank offering. We don't give money to God because he did this or because he did that, but we do thank him. And one way we can thank him is bringing of our substance and just saying, Oh God, you've been so good to me. How could I not give back to you so that others could be blessed? We are blessed to be a blessing. So this season, this time of year, look for ways that you can do thank offerings. Hallelujah. Unto him. And when you do, you're going to tap into a joy that you're not going to find any other way. If you're feeling a little bit weary in this time, in this season, I encourage you, look for someone. Look for a way to be a blessing. And you know what? One of the biggest ways you can be a blessing is tell somebody about Jesus. Woo! Lead them to the Lord. There's no greater joy than giving Jesus away. And there's no greater joy than blessing people around us. Our attitude should not be, Ooh, I'm going to get all I can, and I'm going to can all I get. And I'm going to store it up for me, myself, and I. That's being tight-fisted. No, we got open hands here, don't we? Our hearts are open, and that means our hands are open to be a blessing. Glory to God. Now, I want to leave you with another thought here. Now, some of you may think, that's not very spiritual. But what I'm about to share with you is critical. If you want to enjoy a long, happy life. We've already driven it home. It starts with being thankful. Thankful for what we have. Who's in our life. And then he'll give us more. Celebrate what you have. And then this is my last point. Drum roll. And this is the part where some of you are going to go, that's just not spiritual. Be thankful and have fun. Yeah.
scripture to back it up. I heard Denise Hagen Burns share this at Kindle the Flame, and I said, Oh, I'm taking that verse. Ecclesiastes 8.15 in the NLT. So I recommend having fun. That's my recommendation. That's my prescription for some of you today. I recommend having fun because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. We'll stop right there. Life is a journey. And the older you get, you also realize life is short. It's like a fleeting moment. So learn to enjoy the trip. I know it's an intense time in our world. But set boundaries, even at Thanksgiving. If you've got a relative that they just want to get you on a rabbit trail of doctrinal differences or all they want to talk about is politics and all COVID and all of this, just say, you know, you're welcome to come and eat at our table. But this year, we're going to think happy thoughts. And we're going to, if you can't think of anything else to talk about, surely you've got some good memories growing up as kids together or whatever. Just steer that, congreg- that conversation to, we're going to have fun today. And if you have to, you know, get out some games. I was looking at old photos and last year at Christmas time, we were with John and Lindy and their house is a house of fun. I can just say that. And so after we'd eaten, Lindy said, we're going to play charades. Well, I'm terrible at charades. But they had done a little video of me trying to do some silly thing. And Mark, Pastor Mark and Lindy, they were all bewildered. But John got it. And you should have seen me on that video. <laughs> we were having fun. I was so happy that he could figure out my clue. Whatever it takes. And you know what? I'll even just say this. It's not too early to watch Elf. If Elf makes you laugh, dig it out. Look it up. Whatever makes you smile. It's time to have fun. Enjoy Him and enjoy life. I rest my case. Y'all may stand. Hallelujah.